0: Thanks for listening to the Sunrise Message of the Week podcast. This message is brought to you by Sunrise Christian Center and our sponsor, Seattle Bible College and the Send Network. For more information, check out our website at isunrise.org. The more you interact with our content by sharing, liking, and subscribing, the more the message will get out there. Today, Pastor Dan brings a message called Step Out. Enjoy. You turn with me this morning to Matthew 10. Pastor John started a series looking at Matthew 8, where Matthew quotes Isaiah 8, 16, and 17 about the healing ministry of Jesus and his salvation, and verifies that healing is still today for the church. And it's part of our ministry that we have. And I was studying for a Seattle Bible College class that Dr. List and I are going to be teaching in May. And I I this quote I came across from Dallas Willard. It fits so well in here. not only fits into our class that's coming in May, our, our uh, modular class for three days on your calling and being released. And, but he talked about that we live from a different perspective. And sometimes we need to be reminded as believers that we live from a totally different perspective. We live in a different reality. See, the reason that we're not accepted by the enemy's world system or people that don't understand the kingdom... We can expect that, it's the same way we were before we became believers. And I know the world would like to paint us that we're haters and we're against everything, and, but the truth is we love God and we love people. And we love to share the goodness of God and the love of God and the mercy of God. And when people curse us, we get to bless them back. And when they hate us, we love them back. And I was reading in Exodus this morning and it's interesting, it says the more that they persecuted the Israelites, the more they multiplied. And that's one of the things we see all around the world and throughout the ages. But we need to realize we live from a different reality. I've had people say, well, you don't understand my reality. And I said, I really don't want to understand your reality. I want to live in his reality. Because his reality is different than our reality. And all, all of our perspectives have some flaws in them, no matter who we are. But his perspective is always 100% correct. So I want to live in the reality of God. And Dallas Willard in The Spirit of Discipline says we live in a different reality. That's why we, we think differently. We act differently. We not only live in a different reality, but we live with a different energy. See, I, I used to take drugs and alcohol thinking they were going to give me life, but guess what? They brought death. They brought bondages. They brought, you know, and, and they were fun for a little while. Sin is always pleasurable. Woo! For a season. But it starts to pay wages, and the wages it pays aren't worth the pleasure it brings. And so, you know, I, I've talked with people, and they said, well, you know, I think it's cool to sin, and I think it's cool the way I'm living. I go, well, how's it working for you? It's brought you depression and death and broken relationships and no jobs. And hey, if it's working for you, you know, go, you might as well really go sin. You'd say, You'd say that? I say, I say that to people. I said, but I found when you go, just go and sin, guess what? You get in bondage. you're no longer in control of of your life in the way that you should be in control under God's control. So we live with a different energy. We now live in the power of the Holy Spirit. We live with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit living in us. It's amazing what God can do in us and through us. It's not just you living anymore. It's the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit living through you with the energy and the power. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. You're armed and dangerous with God's love and God's gifts and God's graces. And not only did you say you have different reality and energies, we have different possibilities. I didn't have a whole lot of possibilities when I was a drug addict, alcoholic, sinner, not yet saved by grace. <laughs> I didn't have a whole lot of possibilities other than hoping I was making it through the weekend and wondered what party I was going to go to on the weekend and how long the hangover was going to last through the week. And after a while, I got so depressed, I thought it would make me high for a while, but guess what? It always brought me down lower. And I got to a place where I was turned over to a reprobate mind. But I'll tell you, when I, when I gave my life to Christ, all kinds of possibilities began. And like one drug addict told me once in Alabama, there's no high like the most high. And I just tell people, I got addicted to Jesus. I'm still an addict. I have an addictive personality. You probably figured that out a long time ago. I'm just addicted to Jesus now. And he's an amazing one to be addicted to. Because the more you get him the more his life flows in you and out of you so you and i live with incredible possibilities that were never open to us in the realm of the natural that are now open in the realm of the holy spirit to save to heal to deliver to propel you into places you would have never even dreamed of being in and then the last thing is that we have different perspectives or different prospects i didn't have a whole lot of prospects of, of goodness or things that could happen in my life before i received christ so as we look at the passage and we begin to realize what we've been given in Christ, who we are in Christ, not only what our identity but also our position that we have in Christ and then also the ability we have from that position and from that identity that we've been commissioned to do things in the world. And the world just loves to... Put us down label us tell us who we are right now you're the you know they're going to try and cancel everything we say but you know what the more you try and cancel jesus the bigger he becomes in a society and the more you try and push him in the corner the more he becomes in the mainstream and every moment in human history when the church has been persecuted or the church has been pushed down it's when the church erupts all over the place so you better get ready for what god's about to do so father i pray as we prayed today as we minister one to another i thank you for the healings I thank you for the lady that testified when she came, Lord, on Revival Night Good Friday, Lord, that she was delivered of the seizures we've been praying for. When John led in prayer, she was here today dancing and saying, Pastor, guess what? My seizures are all gone. I thank you for that, Lord Jesus. I thank you that when you led me to pray all week for ovarian cancer that one of the ladies came up in the first service and said, that's my sister you're praying for. And I felt it might be someone who was in the service, but it was a relative, and we prayed for her in Jesus' name, and we're believing that you're going to cause the ovarian cancer to disappear from faith's body in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you that you love people, that you love people, that we are lovers of God and lovers of people, Lord. And Father, we pray that you would fill us with so much love and so much grace. Quicken your word to our spirit. I thank you for what John poured out last week out of Matthew 8. Lord, that the part of salvation of sozo is not only the saving of our souls, it's the healing of our bodies, it's deliverance from bondages. God, it's from all types of things and it makes us armed and dangerous with your love to minister life and grace to people. I thank you that you came to give us life and life more abundantly. It's the devil who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And we pray, Lord, for the families that have gone through tragedies this week, Lord. We pray for the Heck family in the loss of Pastor Doug Heck that you would comfort Lord David and Gene and the family members and Lord Dr. Sherrill and the others that you'd comfort them with your love for the young man that grew up in the church and was... Uh, died in the fire with his daughter and his family members were here this morning. God, we pray you'd bring them comfort, Lord. We pray that you would minister and the friends that were gathered here, Lord. We pray for Katie Stanley who lost her brother this week. We pray for the comfort of the Holy Spirit. We thank you that your power not only heals, it comforts. Your your power, Lord, helps us in the midst of trials and tragedies. It's not just about signs and wonders and miracles, but it's about the miracle that takes place in our heart and in our soul when you become the Lord of our life. So we give you praise. Praise and glory on our speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew 10, verse 1. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power an unclean spirit, over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Now the names of the 12 apostles are these. First Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, "'James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, "'Philip and Bartholomew, "'Thomas and Matthew, and the tax collector, "'James, the son of Alphaeus, and Labias, "'whose name surname was Thaddeus, "'Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, "'who betrayed him. "'These twelve Jesus sent out and commanded them, "'saying, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles, "'and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, "'but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. "'And as you go, preach, saying, "'The kingdom of heaven is at hand. "'Heal the sick.' cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. So as we begin to look at some of the thoughts of what this is about, uh, I want to encourage you to begin to step out as a people. Begin to step out to pray for people this week. Begin to step out to comfort someone, or maybe God put someone on your heart to call them, or to pray for your waitress, or Uh, to pray for somebody as you sit in the restaurant waiting as God kind of draws your attention to someone, to reach out to them. Maybe ask them if you could pray for them. Maybe uh, you have someone to call or someone who's been on your heart. It's amazing how they come across your paths. And I want to encourage you to step out in this season. We're talking about the kingdom power of a disciple. The power that lives in you is the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit live in you. When one man told the story of someone said, well, it was just me, and he said, no, it wasn't just you, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit live in you. Or they kind of sloughed it off and said, oh, it was just, it was just you know, it was all him, it wasn't me. Well, if it was, he said, it would have been a lot better than that. <laughs> and God wants to use us. God wants us to be involved with partnership with him. And sometimes we act so spiritual like we have nothing to do with anything. You know what? The miracle of the loaves and the fish happened in the disciples' hands. They were the one that passed out the fish. And God wants the miracles to happen in your hands. And he wants us to understand the difference between authority and power. Christians often confuse that. We need to understand there's a difference between authority and a difference between power they have different purposes so we see in the bible when it talks about about power it's talking often about the dunamis of god which is the might or the ability both inherent and spontaneous how many of you know and sometimes the holy spirit just spontaneously moves through and you don't even know what's happening i remember once i was in a conference we had here and with uh, some people and i was walking by and um Somebody asked me, would you, would you bless me? And I just put my hand up and I was walking by through the door there. I said, you know, God bless them. And, and all of a sudden they flew off their feet and knocked over about two rows of chairs and they were on the floor going like this. And I'm thinking, God, was that a blessing? And you're kind of like, what just happened? And you know, you realize that's not you. I remember when I used to go to John Wimber meetings and people would bounce on the floor for an hour and people would say, well, that's, that's just them doing. I said, you lay on the floor and bounce like that for an hour. You can't do that by yourself. I don't care if you're a Spartan athlete, if you're a Navy SEAL. You cannot bounce on the floor by yourself like that for one hour. I will guarantee it. Now, there might be somebody out there. I've never met him yet. So that was either God or something was on them. And, you know, there's just sometimes spontaneous things that happen that we don't even know they've happened. But because you have the Holy Spirit in you, He he just moves and touches people. Or you come into a room or you come into a situation. I've even put my arms around someone sometimes and they've been healed and you haven't even prayed for them and said anything because the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead can quicken their mortal body through you because He's quickened your mortal body. And then the authority is the word exousi in the Greek, which means the freedom and the right to act, and in effect, the right to exercise the power. See, God has given you delegated authority to call on the power of God from heaven and to expect the power of God to come. So he's given you authority. We sang about it. If all we do is sing about it and we never exercise it, what good is it to sing about it? We sang this morning that we have authority and that we've been seated in heavenly places, that you're our champion. So that means we walk into situations where the devil is in control and we have authority to exercise the devil and to tell him to get out of the situation because we're a son and a daughter of the living God. So you have authority to call on the power of God and to watch the power of God come. It's very, very important we realize that. And God has absolute authority. He's almighty God. I mean, He is almighty God. You know, there's some people haven't figured out that He's almighty God. It doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter what people do. God is almighty. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. He rules and reigns over the nations. He rules and reigns over the universe. The universe is kept together by the word of His power. If He let His word go off the universe for half a second, the whole universe would be like a balloon. It would go that's how powerful he is so when people say I don't fear the Lord I'll tell you I fear the Lord because he's my next breath and we need to declare that he's almighty God he's almighty God and he can do whatever he wants to do he's God and we're under his authority as his sons and his daughters And he's not only almighty God but he's delegated authority to us to call on his power and that is linked to our position and our commission when we realize who we are in Christ and who our identity is and the position that we have and what we've been commissioned to do, then we can do it. I find a lot of Christians, well, you know, I don't think, well, quit thinking like that. Have a better thought. Have God's thought. This is who God said you are. We sing the song, this is who you say I am, Right? If you notice how many songs have come to the body of Christ over this last season, how many issues there are about identity. The devil in the world is trying to tell you, "Oh, you're not loving, you don't care about people. They're trying to put an identity on us that's not our identity. So we need to know who we are in Christ. We need to know our position, where we're seated. Well, they think that it doesn't matter what people think if it's not in alignment with God's word. If it's not alignment, and that's how we renew our mind. We think like God thinks. We believe what God says. It's not about our feelings. Well, people say, I don't feel, I don't. You know what? It doesn't matter if you feel like you're a son or daughter of God. You are a son or daughter of God if you've given your life to him. It's not about a feeling. It's about an authority that was won for you at the cross of Jesus Christ. And you've been raised and seated in heavenly places in him. And when you start to believe that, you feel different. You act different. And your feelings have come often from wrong thoughts. Often. Feelings are real, but they're not always true. And then we see that our link to our position, our commission, is always displayed in legal aspects, it's displayed in political aspects, it's played, in, displayed in social aspects, and spiritual affairs. But the difference about spiritual affairs is based on relationship, not on authority structures, in the sense of dominance or controlling. See, we often think of flow charts, and this person's over, this person, that person's over, this person, that person's over. You know, I've got good news. We all stand at the foot of the cross as sons and daughters of the living God. And it's about a relationship with him. And yes, he has structure in the church. Yes, he has authority. But it's predominantly through love that we walk in relationship with God and one another. And we see that Jesus' authority came out of the relationship that he had with the Father. To the centurion, and I think it's Luke chapter 7, he says this, he says to him, the centurion says to Jesus, I too am a man under authority he recognized that Jesus was under the authority of the Father. Most people don't even see that. See, when you understand authority, it releases great faith that you will have power in the place God has placed you to call upon God's power in your place of authority to see his power manifest into people's lives and through your life and ministry. So true spiritual authority is the relationship of service and partnership, of serving him and partnering with God. There's too many people working for God that are not working with God. Well, I told God, I declared this. And I said, well, you can declare it till you turn purple, pink, blue, and grow wings on yourself. Guess what? If God's not saying it, you're just talking into the air. We're only to do what Jesus said. We're only to speak the things that the Father spoke to us. We're only to declare the things. I think a lot of Christians would talk less if we did that practically. And a lot of us are pretty wise in our own opinions, aren't we? One time when I was at my former church, I was up praying I had a prayer place up in the sound booth up in the second level of the sinks, where I'd go hide up there before they used it very much. Once in a while, someone would say, was that you up there making noise? And that was me. I try, I'm trying not to be noisy. I try and go up this way so it doesn't go down. And I was waxing eloquent, telling God all the problems in the church. and God had the audacity to interrupt my prayer time. You know what he told me? Your opinions don't matter to me at all. Have You ever been in a prayer time like that where you're telling God what to do? And what all the problems and how you know that you're right with all your discernments and all the things you see. And I, I had a repentance party for about half an hour. I said, who am I to think that I'm in charge of the church? Or that I, you know what? We need to realize he's God Almighty. We spend too much time thinking that we have to fix everything, change everything. We can't. The only things that we can change are the things that he tells us to that we're motivated by love to obey him. We need to remember that it's about partnership and it's about relationship. Remember in Romans 13, to 6, it says that every soul be subject to the higher powers or the governing authorities. There is no authority except from God and the authorities, they exist, are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God. And those who resist will bring judgment on themselves for rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good. And you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Therefore you must be subject not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. For because of this you also pay taxes for they are God's ministers attending continually this very thing. Now there is a time to not obey authority. When it comes to a government thing like that i was reading this morning interestingly enough in my devotions in exodus and it said when pharaoh told the hebrew wives to kill all the sons and let the daughters live it says that they feared god and they didn't obey what pharaoh told them and it said that god blessed them because there's a time in our fear of god and what god's told us to do we have to say no to government you see that in acts chapter five when they say you're not going to be able to preach anymore and they said, whether well, it's right in, you know, with God or in your sight, you know, we, we're going to obey God. If you lock us up, if you imprison us, if you kill us, you know, the worst thing that can happen to us is we get killed and we go to heaven. Amen. And we better be ready to face persecution. We better be ready to watch what God's going to do in the midst of persecution. He's going to show up in power. He's God Almighty. He's God Almighty, and he's going to do some awesome things. So let's look at the example of Jesus and the disciples moving in power. First of all, the secret of Jesus' ministry is he spent time alone with the Father. That is the source of all true ministry, is to sit at the feet of the Father, to receive his love, to receive his grace. In John 5, 19 and 20, Jesus said, I only do the things I saw the Father doing. If you go to Isaiah 50, he gives you a picture of what his practice was. Morning by morning, he was alone with the Father, said, Father, awaken my ears so I can hear what you said what you're saying and he said that when he spoke he spoke with the tongue of the learned because he had the ear of the learned. he'd heard from heaven every morning like i did this morning i get up i thank the father i come to him i say father i receive your love today lord jesus i receive your love and your grace today holy spirit i receive your love and communion and fellowship today then i say father show me what you're doing i want to work with you not for you Lord Jesus, show me what you're doing with the Father so I can work with you day. And Holy Spirit, show me and lead me and guide me with what you're doing with the Father and the Son. Show me who to pray for. Show me where to go. Bring people across my path. You know, God has an incredible way of preparing the way and making it very clear to us what he's doing if we watch for him. If we're doing our own thing, then we get often frustrated. We often get angry because things aren't happening the way we want them to happen. How many of you know God didn't put you on the agenda to decide what was going to happen? remember another time I was not in my greater spiritual moments when God spoke to me and said, who made you in charge of the universe, put you on the who's in charge of the universe committee? He said, you've just been fired as the fourth person of the Trinity. I don't know if God ever speaks to you like that, but he speaks to me like that sometimes when I need a good spanking. And sometimes we think we're in charge of stuff and we're, you know, we're the, we're the big whoopee, you know. And we're not. We're just sons and daughters of God that need to be obedient to our Father. And so he only spoke what he heard from the Father. And he did his healing and miracles through his relationship with the Holy Spirit. If you look through the book of Acts, it says, you know, the presence of the Lord was there to heal. Now we need to realize that Jesus Christ rules and reigns over all from heaven, right? But in the church, the Holy Spirit reigns and rules. That's why it says in Revelation chapter you know one two and three and it goes on throughout the book it says and he who has ears hear what the spirit says so it's the spirit that's speaking to us yes. jesus is ruling and reigning from heaven yes. but now the holy spirit it says where the spirit is lord when the when the spirit is allowed to be lord in a group of people or in a family or a community there's freedom and liberty yes. that's what it says in second corinthians 3 so you realize jesus is seated at the right hand of the father in power and authority and now the holy spirit is ruling and reigning in the church and jesus was always cooperating with the father And he was always cooperating with the Holy Spirit to do what they told him to do. And so we need to be a people who spend time with the Father. We need to be a people who are sensitive and listen to what the Holy Spirit would say to us. And then his prayer life was so important to his moving in power. Without a prayer life and without Jesus' style of prayer and fasting that he did for 40 days and 40 nights, we heard about it, Uh, Pastor John spoke about it in the Sermon on the Mount about prayer and fasting. He didn't say if you fast, he said when you fast. He expected his disciples that would move in kingdom power to be people that would develop a lifestyle of fasting. Now, I'll tell you right now, I'm not the world's greatest faster, but I've learned if I can uh, not eat a meal one, or if I can eat a dinner one night once a week and then not eat again until next dinner, I can do that. Now, when I used to try and go from morning to morning, by the evening I was ready to eat the table, the tablecloth. I was ready to walk through bakeries and smell food. I didn't want to look at food. For some reason for me, if I go from night to night, because the Bible says the evening and the morning was the first day. So I think there's a principle there for me that works. And if you do it just one day a week, at the end of the year, you've done 52 days of fasting. And you develop a lifestyle. And it's not like you get brownie points, like, oh, you've done seven, you get seven brownie points for fasting. No, you're saying, God, I want to be in your presence. I want to hear from you. And when he said this kind comes out only by prayer and fasting, it's not like certain demons only come out if somebody's fasted. It means that they were in a place in their life where they weren't walking as close to God as they should have been. They got caught up in the activity, so you need to pray and fast so you can hear my voice like you need to hear my voice to be able to deal with this demon. The only reason demons come out is because of the blood of Jesus Christ and because of the finished work of Christ and his resurrection and ascension victory. And so he he modeled this to his disciples and he brought his disciples along and they watched him and they realized the key to his life was prayer because that's the only thing they really said, teach us how to pray. They realized the secret of Jesus' life and his ministry was the time he spent alone with the Father. And then we see the disciples, he modeled ministry to them. He used the method that we've all learned in kindergarten, show and tell. Or tell and show. He made it so simple. I mean, he, 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 he told them, and then he showed them, then he showed them, then he told them. Isn't that how you learned everything? Somebody showed you how to write your name. Somebody taught you how to make a sentence. Somebody taught you how to minister. Someone taught you how to pray. You know what I learned early? I got around people who knew how to do it, and I just kind of followed them around, whether they wanted me to or not. Now, you have to be a little careful you know, like one time people said, I want to do everything you do. And so I went to go in the bathroom. They followed me in the bathroom. I said, no, you can wait outside. Okay. Just stay out there. I'll be right back out. I mean, it needs to be reasonable, but you learn things from being around people who know how to do what they're doing. That's what Jesus modeled. He took people with him. If God's given you gifts and abilities, take, who are you training to do what you do? Who are you equipping? Who are you taking to pray for the sick? Who are you taking to cast out demons? Who are you taking to show them how to build a kingdom business? Who are you taking to show them how you operate in a home that don't know how to operate in a home? Who that might be a a single person have you taken into your home to let them be a part of a family? See, it's one thing to, to preach and teach these things, but if we don't do them, what good is it? So we need to model. We need to model through our lifestyle. That was the secret of what Jesus taught the disciples. And then he showed them and told them, then he, then he gave it away to them. And he told them to go and do it. And guess what? They messed up. If they would have videos of my first few times of trying to cast demons out, you would, you would literally be rolling on the floor right now. I got into some people that didn't really know what they were doing. I didn't know what I was doing, but I mean, you know, they were casting demons out of frog, you know, frog, um, what do you call those things you scrub the dishes with? They said, oh, it's a frog. It's an unclean animal. And they were praying over, you know, frogs that had the little, you know, scouring pad in it, casting the demons out of the frogs. And, you know, I was a brand new Christian. I thought, there's going to be demons and and dispenser holders. And I did some pretty crazy things because I thought it was all right. If you would have seen some of the stuff I did, you would go, you were nuts. Yeah, I was nuts. But Jesus saw my heart that I wanted to learn. I wanted to grow. I wanted to see people that had demon problems have demons delivered off their bodies. And then he showed me this is not the good way to do it. And then Jesus gave them instructions. He said, when you go, this is what you're to do. You're to to preach, you're to teach, you're to cast out demons, you're to heal the sick, you're to raise the dead. He gave them specific tasks. There's actually Bible teachers that say, well, that's not for today. But what do you do with people that are sick and people that have demons and people that are in bondage? You just say, I'm sorry, but that's not for today. We just talk about it. I remember one of my heroes, John Wimber, went to a church. He got saved. He had an encounter with God, and, and he sat there for two or three weeks, and he turned over to someone and says, when are we going to do the stuff? They go, what do you mean? He said, when, when are we going to do what the Bible says we're supposed to do? And they go, oh, we talk about it. We know it's going to happen someday, but we never do the stuff. He goes, you don't do the stuff in this church? He goes, no, we don't do the stuff. He goes, I'm, I'm getting out of here. So he walked out of the church building. You know what happened? He en- ended up influencing and he led 300 Puerto Ricans to Christ. And then he was worried because he got filled with the Holy Spirit, supposed to, began to speak in tongues when he was walking in a, in a little ditch trench thing. <laughs> and then he said, oh no, J. Vernon McGee said, this is of the devil, the devil's got me now. But then he realized that wasn't really right, although J. Vernon McGee was a great Bible teacher. But you know what? He got filled with the Holy Spirit, and the rest is history. And he released healing and signs and wonders all over the world and all different groups and denominations, there was a price. People ridiculed him and made fun of him and said, that it'll cost you to follow Jesus. It's a cost to be a disciple of Jesus. I liked what one of the people shared in our group. I think it's all right to share. He said, this is not a feel-good, comfy church. This is a church of truth where you expect us to do it. And I go, yeah. I mean, who would want to go to a comfy church where they never do it? Well, they got the best seats and all oh, the lights and all oh, the... Nobody ever gets saved or healed or delivered, but boy, it's really fun. You've got popcorn. I had one lady tell me, we tried another church, but when they all started eating popcorn during the worship service, we kind of lost it. We go, popcorn during the worship service? I love popcorn, but who's going to eat popcorn during the worship service? Hello? We want to follow the pattern that Jesus gave to the disciples to pray for the sick, to cast out demons, to preach the gospel, to declare good news to the captives, to wreak havoc on the kingdom of darkness, yeah. to love God and to love people with all our hearts and to show them what Christ can do in their life. Yeah. It's really amazing what he does, isn't it? Yeah. He modeled that ministry, and we're to be followers of Jesus as the 12 disciples. We're all the result of the 12 disciples. Did you know that? We're all here they shared with someone in the 70 120 if you connected our spiritual genealogy all the way back you'd find out that one of those 12s had an impact on your life yep. just like you're gonna have an impact on the generations to come these are very important things you might want to write them down we have a new identity if we're going to walk in the power of a disciple like jesus wants us, we need to know that we have a new identity through relationship with jesus as righteous sons and daughters of god the hour that we're living in, they're constantly bombarding the identity of who we are as believers, who we are as the church. The world's trying to frame to the world, this is who these people are when it's totally wrong. We don't hate people, we love people. When people curse us, we bless them back. When people are in need, we give. When people are hurting and wounded, we help them. That's what the church is about. That's the reality. And you are a son and daughter of the living God you have a new nature, a new identity. Your old life is so dead, it's gone. I love when the devil comes and says, do you remember what you used to do? I said, you know, when you talk to Jesus. He bought my whole past, beer cans, needles, everything and all. They're all his. If you want to talk about my past, take it up with him because he owns it. I don't own myself anymore. He to- I'm totally owned by him. My life is his. So many Christians are being just bombarded. Well, you know, the people think that it doesn't matter what people think if they don't agree with God. Not that we don't care about those people, not that we don't love them, but don't let them control who your identity is. That's always been the, the devil. He's always been a punk. He's not only been a punk, he's always been a bully. He's always been a liar. He's like the kid at school that used to harass you. He didn't even want to go to junior high because if you saw him, you were like the one to run. It's like the Christmas story. You finally, one day you beat up the bully. We want to beat up the bully. That's the enemy who's destroyed people's lives and families. And we have not only a new idea, but we have a new position. We're seated in heavenly places in Christ. It says in Ephesians 2, 4, and 6 but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in trespass and sins, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you were saved and raised up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You're not just sitting here in this sanctuary. You're seated in heavenly places with Christ this morning positionally. And if you are in Christ, if like this... Uh, dedication certificate represented you and this represents jesus if you are in christ and christ is seated in heavenly places where are you and if you are if christ is far above all principality and power and dominion where are you and if he's put all of his enemies under his feet where are the enemies in regards to your feet my friend bishop zakes Numwalo from swaziland Every time he gets a new pair of shoes, he puts right Satan on the bottom of his shoes. He wants to remind Satan where he belongs, under your feet. And my dear friend Wayne Bouchard, who taught me a lot, used to say, I don't know if you want to start a foot-stomping religion, but guess what? We need to put the devil under our feet. I say, down boy, under my feet in Jesus' name. And that's good, simple, childlike faith. We need to get back to Bible basics. The devil is a defeated foe. There was an open show and display made of him at Calvary. He was stripped of his power and authority. The only way he can have authority is if people believe his lies. We have authority to call on the power of God and to declare to people good news because we have a new position in Christ. We're seated in heavenly places. And we enforce the victory of Calvary, seated with him upon his throne. And we not only have a new identity and a new position, but we have a new commission. We've been commissioned by God even the Blues Brothers knew they were on a, on a mission from God. If the Blues Brothers knew they were on a mission from God, then guess what? We can be on a mission from God. If you're young and don't know who the Blues Brothers are, ask somebody that's over 40. And he commissioned them in, in Matthew 8. He said, this is what I've told you to do. People say, are you sure we're supposed to do this? Jesus told us to do it. What do you mean are we sure we're supposed to do it? We were on a call, John and I, with some leaders from around the country, and they talked about a big coalition of Christian colleges and universities, and they said, well, you know, we need to have a discussion about all these new rules about transgenderism and this and that, and and again, we love people. Please hear me. We love people. And this lady was saying, we we have to have a big discussion. We we need to have a big call and find out what people think. And the, the guy that was on our call said, what is there to discuss? Do you know what Jesus called this? We love the people, but this is sin. Oh, but these people, they wouldn't. Is the church still afraid to call sin, sin? Sin destroys people. We're not against people. We're to be the voice of God in the earth with love. We're to speak the truth in love. We're not to put people down. We're not to make fun of people. We're not to hurt people. We're to speak to them about the identity they can have in Christ. But it's so sad. A lot of the, the, the Christians in the, in the movement, not all, I wouldn't say all the Christians, there's still a lot of Christians that love God, but a lot of Christians have decided that they're going to look at the Bible through the lens of culture rather than look at the culture through the lens of the Bible. It's not going to be popular to be a Christian, but whoever said it would be. So I want to just encourage you That when you realize your position, that you've been commissioned by God, you've been commissioned to proclaim the good news, to preach. You've been commissioned to baptize and teach. You've been commissioned to drive out demons. You've been commissioned to heal the sick, to speak in new tongues. You've been commissioned to raise the dead. You've been commissioned to disciple the nations. That's what God Almighty gave you to do. Hello? We must have an intimate, growing relationship with God. We must have faith in what God says. God's going to back people that believe his word and act on his word and step out on his word. He's going to back those people. I like, used to like what John Wimber said, God backs my act. So you need to know what God says about you and your new identity. The devil's going to remind you of your past, your failures. And guess what Jesus reminds you? That he loves you, that you're forgiven, that you're transformed. And if you have sin in your life, deal with it. It's not only going to hurt you, it's going to hurt everybody around you. And when you get free, guess what? You freely receive and you can help free others. But when you're not free, you can't free someone from something you're not free of. And I'll tell you, it's fun to be free. And know that, and believe what Jesus has done in destroying the works of the devil. He made an open show and display of them at the cross. He triumphed him over in at the cross. He destroyed the works of the devil. He's a defeated foe. He's under our feet in Jesus' name. And when you know that, you act differently. You talk differently. You walk differently. And you have authority to call on His power. And, we, and believing God just brings a release of authority. You, you, when you're around people, you know who believes God. Remember Pastor Doug once, we were sitting in a meeting and we were going to take part of the building and some of them asked, where are you going to get the money? And I said, God's going to give it to us. Remember, Pastor Doug said he looked away, and then he looked back and saw me, and he said, he really means it. God loves believing believers. I love it when people come and say, Pastor, you're not going to believe this. I say, yeah, I'm a believer. I actually believe God does stuff like that. Pastor, you're not going to believe this miracle. I said, I'm a believer. Are you a believer? I believe that God does what he said he would do. That he shows up. And we must obey the Holy Spirit if we're going to be like the disciples in Jesus when he prompts us, when he directs us and tells us to obey him, just obey him. And we need to uh, realize we need to have a submissive attitude to God and to others. We need to work with each other. Not be superior, think that our opinions or we know all the answers to what's going on in the church. No, we don't. Who do we think we are? We need to trust God. Glad I heard your voice, Nicole. I have that information you needed. And we must have a servant's heart. We're here to serve people. We're here to serve our community. We're not here to cause fights or problems. Or, but, you know, just by li- living for God, you're going to cause problems because the devil's not going to like it. But as you walk in love, as you walk motivated by the Holy Spirit, it's amazing what God will do. And we must be faithful stewards of what God's given us. If we're not faithful to what we already have, and so many people are waiting for what's going to happen in the future, they miss all the opportunities in their present that will get them to their future. They miss all the small acts of obedience. Mother Teresa said, I don't do big things. I do little things in a big way. And she changed the world. And we must know that the kingdom of God is at hand. You have power. The king lives in you. And we're going to pray. I'm purposely stopping real early. I can't even hardly remember the last time I stopped at 1121, 1221. You Ready? ready for what God's going to do? I hope you stay for the baptismal service afterwards. But God wants to touch people. And I I saw a picture this week of the father with his hands extended out. And I saw the Lord Jesus standing next to him saying, I want you to tell people it might be on live stream, it might be in this service, it might have been someone in the first service, I don't know, I'm just being obedient. I realize as long as I'm obedient, all the results are in God's hands, they're not in mine. His arms were extended saying, I love you. I'm here for you. I'm calling you. I'm commissioning you. You can come to me. If you've walked away from him, it would it's, be a good day to return. Today's the day of salvation. Don't wander away from him. Come now. Come back to him. If you've never known him, he loves you. He's got an incredible purpose and plan for your life. Far beyond. I mean, I, I was crying this morning thinking about all the things God has allowed me to be involved in. Just his incredible love for me, for my wife, my children, my grandchildren, my family, my church family, people that are family all around the world to me. I was just so happy I gave my heart to Jesus. All that was icing on the cake. But the privileges he gives us as his sons and daughters to love people, to bless people, to watch people get healed, to watch people get delivered. I had so much fun when she started to dance this morning, Victoria. She said, Pastor, I got healed. No more seizures. I started dancing with her like I was in Nigeria again. I know I would probably embarrass my grandkids, but that's all right. They need to, that's what grandpas are for. That's my weird grandpa. I mean, who wants a boring grandpa? God loves you so much. He wants you to realize the identity. And if you've never received Christ or if you're not walking with Him, come today. Why wait? When I first got saved and I told people about Jesus, it was amazing because I, I couldn't believe people wouldn't want Jesus. I was like, you don't want him. he will forgive all your sins. I would cry. I remember I had one of my best friends. who used to sing, Jesus is just all right with me when we smoked dope to the Doobie Brothers. Just being honest. I remember the day I got saved and I was in a, up on Big Lake in a boat and we were fishing for two hours I told him about Jesus and I just wept. I just wept as I told him about what Jesus did in my life. And I just wanted them to have what I had. I just want the world to have Jesus. I want them to know his love and his mercy and his kindness and his forgiveness and his truth and his power. And that's why we're willing to die. That's why we're willing to give up everything to follow him. That's why we're willing to go wherever he tells us to go. No matter what anyone else thinks that we'll be obedient to the call of God on our life. And some of you are being called by God. You're being called to Him, first of all. We're always called first to Him. To have a call, there has to be a caller, and He has to call you. Some of you He's calling today to surrender to Him. Some of you today He's calling to get healed and delivered. Some of you He's calling to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Someone's had an infection that's you've been trying to get medication from and it's it's helped a little, but you're not fully healed yet. Where are you at? Somebody's got an infection. I want you to wave at me. We're not going to embarrass anybody. You're all going to come up here. We're going to pray for a bunch of people. Where's a person you've got an infection? You've got an infection that needs healing. Is there anyone? Or you know somebody? There's someone back there, two people. Okay. We're going to pray for you. Another person. I had prayed all week, and I kept getting the impression that somebody that was going to come and probably someone that they knew had ovarian cancer is one of the ladies in our church it was her sister in the first service it kept coming over and over all through the week there's also someone with a hearing problem you're having a problem hearing out of your ear where are you at I remembered a little boy in India that I prayed for at five years old was born deaf and God opened his ears and 12 years later I got to meet him again he's now in charge of their sound system still healed hearing perfectly his Hindu mother and sister got saved that day See, one of the things that miracles do, it authenticates the message of Jesus and who Jesus is. There's a few of you with ear problems. It's fun to watch. Remember in South Africa, we watched nine deaf ears opened in one week of meetings. To me it it was nine blind eyes, 12 deaf ears that opened. God's an awesome God. He's almighty God. He's the God who keeps his promises. He's the God who in the midst of difficulties comes to you even when you've wondering when's it going to happen so father i pray in jesus name just have your way as we minister to people and i pray for anyone who's does not know you or maybe used to know you and walk with you and they know they need to return to you i pray today they would come that they would see your arms stretched out wide they would see your arms stretched out wide jesus is there anyone here that would say pastor i, I need christ i need to surrender to him i need to be forgiven jesus died on the cross and shed his blood and rose again on the third day and sits at the right hand of the father and he ascended and he's seated at the place of power and glory and if you believe that he died for your sins and he rose again the bible says if you confess him and turn from your sin and turn to him he'll come into your life and he'll give you a new nature he'll give you a new identity he'll forgive your sins Is there anyone that would say that's me pastor i need that just wave at me if that's you thank you I see the hand in the back, you can put it down. Is there anyone else who would say, that's me, Pastor? Is there anyone else who say, that's me, Pastor? Wave it high so I can see it, and then you can put it back down. You know you need to come today. He's drawing you, he's wooing you. Father, I pray for this one stand as we kind of draw this prayer time to a close and please don't leave because the baptism is important is JP in here is JP in here is he in the back he's getting ready for the baptism let's pray for this one that raised their hand dear father pray out loud dear father I thank you that Jesus died for me I surrender my life today to you. I give you my life. I turn from my sin and I turn to you. And I believe you, Lord Jesus, that you died for my sins, that you shed your blood and paid the price for me. And I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. And I declare that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And I renounce all the claims of the devil and sin in my life, in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm gonna ask the prayer team to come up real quick. Want those with the ear problems come over here. Those over here. The person with infection over here. There's also someone with a shoulder problem where you fell on your shoulder. It caused a problem with your rotocuff that's locked your whole shoulder and your right side here where are you at god's going to release healing he's going to release healing in jesus name where are you at the person with the shoulder problem right there okay we have someone go back on the prayer team or tommy can you pray for the lady right behind you there she's right behind you no she's behind you if the person who raised their hand to surrender to christ would come We want to give you a Bible and some information. You just come up front and let someone pray. If you need healing today, it's a good day to be healed. A bunch of people got touched in the first service. Hey, thanks for listening in and have a great day.